Welcome to the Strategic Planning Podcast with financial coach Mike Flanders. With more than 40 years of experience in the financial services industry, Mike knows the X's and O's that'll help you achieve your financial goals. It's time for the Strategic Planning Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome back into another edition of the podcast. This is Strategic Planning with Mike Flanders and myself, and we're going to get risk-averse and talk about what that means, this buzzword we hear often. We're going to get into that for the topic of conversation today. And we are into, uh, well, we're into mid to late October here, Mike, so Halloween's around the corner. Are you a Halloween kind of guy? No, not really. In fact, no? I think we're going to be out of town on Halloween. Oh, are you? Okay. <laughs> but we live out in the country, so there's not a whole lot of people yeah, come by, and so we us. don't have to worry about eggs hitting the house or things like that usually. Yeah. So. <laughs> we used to live in a in a subdivision when, when the kid was younger, and and uh, my wife loved to go down at the end of the driveway and pass out you know kid uh, candy yeah, to all yeah. the kids and stuff, and and dress up while our daughter went around the neighborhood. And now we live out in the sticks. Yeah, same thing. Now she's grown right. and we live out in the sticks and there's nobody out here. Nobody <laughs> so comes out here. We don't have That's to right. spend that money on the candy because then it's the first year we moved out here. She was like, well, let me get some just in case. And right. I'm like, all this is is a temptation for me. That's it. I eat it all so that it's not right. less goes to bad. You That's know, right. You don't want to so waste anything. Just, so. just don't do that. Yeah, exactly. So keep that candy out of here. Otherwise, I'll be eating yeah. it. Please. Uh, what's, what's the worst Halloween candy of all time, in your opinion? Oof. You got one that just you just couldn't stand to get. Goodness, it's been uh, you know as we were last uh, podcast talking about how old I was. Uh, <laughs> I can't remember that far back. <laughs> well, when you had the kids or whatever, they'd come home with some candy. There was there was always like this one piece that everybody's like, "Oh, I got that." Oh. What happened to that? Yeah, I don't know. The candy I corn. Just, Most people I say candy I corn. Candy. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people say candy corn. So. Uh, candy corn, yeah, yeah. I kind of like candy corn. I, I kind of do too. You eat too much of, it, of course, and it yeah. gets old. But uh, but know. it's like people always pick on candy corn. But I kind of liked it. For me, it was that weird. Um, I think it's the same stuff they make the Easter peeps out of. Uh, but at Halloween oh, they made the like yeah, they made like these orange peanut things, hard on the outside, mushy on the inside. Yeah, thing. and they were like these yeah. orange looking. They I don't know. They're like right. orange something or other. Like they orange give, slices or something. Yeah, they give out at Halloween, but it was candy. This is gross. Yeah. Right. Not a fan. <laughs> Folks, if you know what it I is. I think I do remember that. Yeah, that <laughs> yeah, was If you know gross. what it is, drop us a line because neither one of us know what it is now, but I'm trying to talk about it. So Yeah, we can't remember anything. So. That's right. But if you know what that, what that orange gross candy is at Halloween, shoot us a message. SPCinvesting.com. Yeah, please do. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, all right. So let's talk about risk averse. So first okay. of all, many people have heard this. They say, well, I'm Mike, I'm risk averse. Or they've heard somebody else say it. So they're like, yeah, I'm risk averse too. First of all, just what is it? Like, what does it really mean in the context of the financial world? Yeah, I think it's the, the bottom line. I don't want to lose any money. Okay. You know, I'm I want, scared I want, of risk. Uh, I'm not, CD I'm not protection cool and I want stock market returns. Okay. All right. So I'm not a fan of losing my money. I am averse. Yeah. I'm against being at right. risk too much so that I don't lose things, right? Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. So what does it mean to you if somebody comes in and tells you that? Because I think often people, I, I think a lot of times we have the, and we're, I'm going to highlight this here in a second. So somebody comes in, they sit down to do a consultation for the first time, Mike, and that's the first thing they say, Mike, I don't want to lose any money. I'm scared of risk. So what does that immediately kind of get you thinking about how to, how to handle that? Well, you know, I want to understand if they want to make any money. Uh, number one, because if if you are quote not wanting to lose any money, then you are, are not wanting to make any money either. Here, here's the point: like, think about an airplane. An airplane has wings on the side, and those are used to help lift and all that kind of stuff. But when you're 
in a plane, those plane wings are not stiff and fixed and they have no flexibility. Yeah, no if you ever watch them, they kind of yeah, they kind of right? wiggle while we're flying, right? Yeah. 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 And and so if you wanted those things to be fixed so you didn't have any movement, you're gonna have a little bit of a problem with the flying part. Uh sort of sort of like also when you're flying along, um, sometimes the pilot might come on the speaker overhead and say, Hey, we're getting ready to run into a little bit of weather, we're gonna have some bumpiness, and um, you know, all that kind of stuff is gonna make this plane go up and down. It might be a lot. So put your seatbelt on, buckle up, folks. Here we go. Well, you don't just go um jump out of the plane because it's gonna be a little bumpy a little rough, for a while, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, you stay in the plane or never and, fly and again, right? Yeah, and yeah, and, <laughs> and you you ride through it, and and that, that that's um you know risk averse is maybe not really what anybody really is because if you were risk averse, then you would not want to make any money on your on your funds. Well, you, well, at least at least you wouldn't be able to because you wouldn't be able to. That's so right. because and here's the point of this is because so many people claim, Mike, they they come in, especially when we're talking about retirees, pre-retirees, right? So they come mm-hmm. in to sit down, do a consultation, do a review, get a plan, whatever. And it's like, hey, I, I, I'm scared of risk. I, I don't want to be at risk. I just want to have some safe money. Mm-hmm. But yet you go when you go diving into their portfolio to see what it is that they mm-hmm. have, there are a ton of risk, right? Yeah. So we, we talk a lot about what we are afraid of, but then we're actually in those things because we didn't take the time to understand it or know it or, or it's just not our thing or whatever the case is. So you got to be very careful with that because at the same time, you have to outpace inflation somewhere. So some of your money has got to be at risk and some of it needs to be safe. And that's the point of a good plan. Yeah, we don't like the risk in the portfolio when the market's going down. But when the market's going up, we love risk. Oh, sure. And yeah, you know, I want to be all in and and that sort of thing. Well, the the um risk averse person truly would not be in the market at all. They'd be putting their money in CDs and money markets or fixed annuities or things like that. And and they'd be basically losing money very safely. Um, right. and the reason I say that is if you're putting money into fixed type income things, you're not going to be making enough to overcome the cost of inflation on your money. And uh, so you're basically losing purchasing power. Your dollar values don't go down. You know, you're not risking any dollars that they're going to reduce in, in uh, amount, but right. you are losing purchasing power with inflation. And then you add the tax impact on it, and there you go. Um, so that's, that's risk averse. You know, you want to you want to be in a position where you can make the kind of money you need to make to reach your goals, and that's why you look at where you're headed and what it takes to get there before you make a decision of what kind of risk you're going to be willing to assume. But oftentimes, you're right. People, I mean, hey, you think about it. This market goes up over time. It does not go down over time, and that's because economic activity raises all boats and all that kind of stuff. So the fact that the market goes up, and I don't mean consistently in every day, every minute or anything like that, but over time, the markets has been up. When you look at the charts of the value of money in the stock markets, they always start at the bottom left and they go to the upper right. That means that you're, you're making money over time. Well, if because of that, going to what we talked about last podcast a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. 
you can get overconfident and you start increasing sure. the risk. And, and usually how risk increases is we start making some decisions outside of our plan, maybe to buy a particular company that we hear about is really hot and going to be you know, the future leading technology firm or whatever, the next Amazon, the next Apple, what have you. And, and we will do something like that. And we, we start to experience some return on that that starts to outpace other things maybe in our portfolio and we just let it run. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, when you look at the actual risk and you measure that, you find that, oh, wow, I'm got 80% of my money in stocks where I really only wanted to have 50% in, but this has grown so much and I haven't rebalanced and I haven't revisited the situation. Exactly. So yeah. When a crash comes, you're going to lose more than you expected to at that point. Yeah, and that's and that's often what happens is people get into various different things, and then they they get older, and then they come in and they say, "Well, I, I want to make sure I'm not taking too much risk because I can't mm-hmm. afford to lose a lot in case the market does do a downturn." Because at some point, we're all waiting. It's like, when is this thing going to happen? When is it going to? And yeah. I keep joking and saying it's like a it's like a bunch of Rocky movies strung together because <laughs> we just know you know Rocky takes a beating. Uh, but then he gets back up at the end. Keeps right? coming back. You know, that's and that's right. kind of what this market's been doing. But you know, let's let's break it down to something even simpler for folks, Mike. So something uh, something like a target date fund. Okay. So uh-huh. target date funds. Let's say that you're going to retire in 2030. Okay. So nine right. years from now, and you're in the you're in this target date fund. You picked it. You know, let's say you picked it 10 years ago or whatever. I don't know. Just whatever. Mm-hmm. You pick this target date fund because your understanding of it. And this is most of our understanding of it, whenever, especially when we're signing up at work, is that as we get closer to the date of retirement, it's taking less and less risk. The mm-hmm. the it automatically it rebalances to your point. It auto rebalances and it lowers the risk. What people don't realize is I think a lot of us go into that thinking, oh, well, okay, let's say I'm in it for 10 years. Every year it's gonna take a little bit less and you know, it's gonna lower that amount of risk so that the percentages drop. And we think, well, by the time we get to 2030, it's going to be down to like basically zero. So I'm taking no risk. And that's not the case. These things right. don't even really drop below 50% most of the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you're, and, you're exposed. And, you're, you're at risk, even though you think you're safe. Right, right. And unfortunately, a lot of these funds are run by active managers who are picking stocks, time in the market, and all that kind of stuff. And and so they're, they're not necessarily sticking with the plan. Uh, they'll see an opportunity here and they'll jump outside and they'll let it ride for a bit if it's going up or they'll bail out if it's going down and, and all that kind of thing. And, and for instance, in the 28, uh, 2008 crash, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of target date funds took a lot bigger hit that were supposed to be, quote, conservative because they were close That's, to yeah, the target year exactly, right. because the investment advisors of those funds had had made decisions that, hey, this market's really running here from 2003 to 2007. I don't want to miss out because people start pulling their money and going somewhere else. And they were taking more risk in the, in the uh, portfolio than what it was purported to be. And uh, they, had, they had a lot bigger decline when the crash came in 2008 than what uh, would have been expected based on the, the target date for that particular fund. Yeah. And that's, that's where... And don't get me wrong, target date funds can be a really useful tool, you know, especially oh, yeah. if you're younger, you know, you're in your 30s or 40s or, or you know, whatever, because it's an easy way for us to pump money into a, you know, to an account to some sort of retirement. But just that's the whole point of risk is that often we kind of get lulled into this. Well, I'm, I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not that risk. I'm not at that much risk because I have right. this or because I have that. And then if you really sit down with an advisor and go through it and really analyze all of the things that you own. Mm-hmm. You'll find out you're typically more at risk than not. And Michael, a lot of times, what you guys do is something called a risk analysis, where right. you can go through and 
look at that and, you know, almost like the sleep number score, right? You know, it's like, well, I, I you know, I want to be a X number, right? I, yeah. You know, and you find out, hey, I want to be a 20, which is not very risky, but I'm actually an 80, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, right, super right. Risky and and you're, where you're speaking there, you know, you're talking about maybe the percentage of the portfolio that's in equities. Right. And, and you know, there's, there is a method that's very scientific to measure that. It's called standard deviation. Mm-hmm. And if you can get the asset classes in your portfolio and analyze what percentages you have in each of the asset classes, there's standard deviation that has been pretty well been able to be um, assigned to each of the asset classes based on almost 100 years of data. Right, of being right. Able to look at that stuff. And you can measure what's, what's the variance that's expected in this portfolio over and below the average expected rate of return and, uh, you know, figure out, can I live with this kind of variance? Do right. I need to tighten it up and have less up and down, or am I okay with more up and down movement in the value of the account as I'm moving toward an ultimate goal of having a certain amount of money that will produce a certain amount of income with a, a good rule of thumb, mm-hmm. <laughs> harking back to last week. Right, right. Uh, but you know, that's that's um, there's, there's a lot of moving parts, and it's not just a simple gut feel necessarily. I mean, I think that's a good starting point, but then there are some ways to measure it a little bit more and have a little more knowledge about what you're doing. For sure. And if that's not your thing, that's why you should be working with an advisor so that they can sure. help you understand, mm-hmm. you know, and get into that nitty gritty. So Mike, I can hear people right now. I can hear them going, okay, great. You guys explained it. I got it. I'm not as, you know, I'm not as, uh, as safe as I thought I was. I've got more at risk than I realized. So here's the, the big question. And this is mm-hmm. what we'll wrap it up with. What might a retirement plan or structure look like that has been set up for someone who doesn't want to be at risk or who can't afford to be at risk, but also doesn't want to just be sitting with their money in cash where they can't make any growth to our point? So there's no perfect product. So is that the point of multiple things, doing multiple buckets, if you will, so that you can have some risk and some growth? Is that why you guys do basically this kind of holistic approach, but you do a little bit here and a little bit there because you got to take some from each thing, right? You got to have some safety, you got to have some growth, so on and so forth. Yeah, there's been a lot of research done on different asset classes like large U.S. growth companies, small U.S. Uh, value companies, international growth value, small, large, all these kinds of asset classes. There's about 20 of them that are academically um, able to be measured and, and, and used efficiently where you, you know what percentage needs to go in each asset class in a structured account portfolio to hit a certain risk level, and uh, which, again, measured by standard deviation, so you know what your expectation is. You, you know if your portfolio is working, if your rates of return are falling within those ranges on the high side and on the low side. And that, that gives you some you know, comfort, some confidence in sticking with a plan because you know that it's going to be in those ranges. If if you have structured for something that's got an expected return of 8% a year, which is uh, on the higher side of risk, okay? But if you've structured for something like that, oh, and by the way, I should throw in there that point, love Dave Ramsey, but Dave Ramsey says 12%, forget it. That's just <laughs> not, I don't, I don't know where he gets that. If it was 19 uh, Because he's not maybe. realized it, uh, but right. you know, not, not unless he's actively uh, uh, managing something and happens to hit a, a nice string for a little while, but uh, it always comes back to earth. 
But you know, you're not going to get eight, 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 eight every year. In fact, you're probably never going to get exactly eight percent on a portfolio that's expected to return that on average. Right. So you're going to have variance, and you want to be able to stay with it. So you'll get that average eight percent over time. And if you're moving in and out of things and trying to adjust to protect or take advantage of opportunities, you're going to miss uh, because nobody can predict the future accurately, hundred percent of the time, even. 50% or maybe even 20. I don't know. What I mean, maybe even 2%. Are. Right. Yeah. <laughs> At all, you know, whatever. Yeah. So, so, you know, I struck a, a, a plan for somebody that wants to, to reduce the risk and, and not have to just sit in cash to protect their money, but get some growth to offset inflation. You know, it might look like something where you, you are going to be 50 50 in the market in stocks and 50% in bonds, short term, high quality bonds things like that, that are going to uh, push down the risk. Or maybe it's less than that, but it's something that's an individual discussion with someone to help them see what are the ranges I should expect in any given year in the returns that I'll be getting on this portfolio. And then you know the gut comes back in, can I live with that? And, and I'll tell you a secret, it's never right. Okay, because it's not until you get into the trenches and you're, you know, sort of like there, there. What is it? There's no atheist in uh, foxholes, right? Mm. You, mm-hmm. the, the the mortars are coming in and you're getting hit with this down market, and all of a sudden you really you're like, God, what get me your out risk of here. tolerance is." <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. That's when you understand it. <laughs> yeah, very true. Um, or when the market's going crazy and up, and you're sitting there saying, "Hey, all my friends are talking about all this money they're making on X, Y, and Z companies." And I'm, you know, just making my 8%, you know, whatever. I'm not making 40%. You know, you realize, okay, here's where my real risk tolerance is. But you, you got to yeah. have a starting point to to figure that out. Well, that's a great point to finish on, Mike, because a lot, you know, with the market being as, as you know, well as it has been, especially even, I mean, even yeah. here in 21, right, it's up quite a bit for 21. People, mm-hmm. you know, would maybe say, well, my, you know, would get an email or something and say, my advisor, you know, maybe I should drop them because I'm not getting, you know, right. the the 32% that, that the market's <laughs> currently reporting. And it's like, mm-hmm. well, why, why might that be first before you go firing somebody? Let's figure out why that is. And often it comes back to because they did not want to be in a, you know, that would be, you'd have to be 100% at risk. In order to mm-hmm. make the entire return of the S and P, you'd have to be completely at risk. And so, when you set that up, you probably shared the, with the fact that you didn't want to be at risk. So, mm-hmm. you know, before we get all into you know pointing fingers and stuff, make sure that you're doing because a, a retirement plan is not a set it and forget it, right? So, if when, right. when you turned it on, if you were like, "Hey, I don't want to be at risk for anything. Keep me super safe." then that's the way you have it said. If your mind has changed, if your ideologies have changed, you have to talk with your advisor or work with an advisor and tweak this along the way. It should be a living document that ebbs and flows just like your life. So Mm -hmm. at least that's my thought anyway. Yeah. Exactly. So folks, are you at risk averse? Are you, you know, wanting a little uncomfortable with the plan you have or don't have one at all? Well then reach out to Mike, go through the process, have a conversation and get it tweaked and set to the type of plan that you need for you in the time of life that you're in. And that's why it's called strategic planning. So don't forget to subscribe to us on Apple, Google, Spotify, iHeart Stitcher, all that good kind of stuff. Reach out to Mike if you got questions and before you take any action, you should always check with a qualified professional. Uh, who can help you walk through some of these things. Mike's been helping folks for 40 plus years and you can reach out to him at spcinvesting.com. That's spcinvesting.com. Mike, have yourself a good couple of weeks. Uh, I guess enjoy your Halloween wherever you are. And I guess neither one of us will have candy. So, Yeah, we're going to lay off that candy. <laughs> yeah, probably need to now. Have a great yes. week, my friend. 
You too. Thank you so much, Mark. We'll see you next time here on Strategic Planning with Mike Flanders. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.